Do you desire to pray more for your spouse? Do you desire to pray more with your spouse? We understand that you may not know where to start, or maybe you feel uncomfortable praying, or maybe you don't know what to pray, or maybe you simply want to add something more to your current prayer life. This is why we wrote The Marriage Gift, 365 Prayers for Our Marriage. We desire that it would be used as a daily reminder and catalyst for you and your spouse to grow a dynamic and consistent prayer life together. This book is a compilation of 365 unique and powerful prayers that cover a range of diverse topics that every marriage deals with. You can read it alone, or ideally, you read it with your spouse. Also, we hope that the topics that are brought up in these prayers would become a starting point for deeper and more intimate conversations with your spouse and a desire to seek God on these matters together. Visit themarriagegift.com today and order your copy and give your marriage the greatest gift, powerful and meaningful prayer. Visit themarriagegift.com today. Welcome to the Marriage After God podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Aaron. And I'm Jennifer. We've been married for 14 years. And we have five young children. We started blogging over 10 years ago, sharing our marriage story in hopes of encouraging other husbands and wives to draw closer to God and closer to each other. We have authored over 10 books together, including our newest book, Marriage After God, the book that inspired us to start this podcast. Marriage After God is a message to remind all of us that God designed marriage with a purpose. To reflect His love. To be a light in this world. To work together as a team. Using what He has given us. To build His kingdom. Our hope is to encourage you along your marriage journey. As you boldly chase after God together. This is Marriage After God. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Marriage After God podcast. We're Aaron and Jennifer Smith. Your hosts. Hi. And we're glad to have you. Yeah, hi. Uh, Jennifer, what's going on in our world right now? <laughs> well, Not the we don't, world, we, our world. We don't have enough time to cover all of that. But, <laughs> that is actually um, very true. <laughs> our world, meaning you and I. Yes. <laughs> what is going on? It's good to be recording again with you. Yes, it is actually. What are you drinking? <laughs> What, what did I make you? You made me chai. Thank you. It's like the world's best chai. It's really good. It's a Metolius chai. I, but when you asked me if I wanted one, I was saying yes because I thought you were making yourself one and you didn't. No, I made myself a coffee. The chais are good, but the, the milk messes with my stomach. I can't do it. Mm. It's like too much. But I sprinkled some uh, cardamom on the top of there, it's a little good. bit of vanilla bean sugar. It's fancy. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> so I just got a quick question for you before we... Move on, as usual. Uh, what's something that's brought you joy this week? Something that's brought me joy. Well, um, okay, this was actually really funny. So much joy, I was like, I was laughing about it. Um, I was in the schoolroom with the kids, and you know that song, uh, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. Okay, mm -hmm. you know which one I'm talking about? Come Thou Fount. Well, yeah, is that what it is? I, was just letting, that <laughs> I was just letting you know what song it was, because usually <laughs> I'll say a, a name of a song, and you don't know unless I'm singing you know? Yeah, no, and you sung it really well. <laughs> Thank you. Poor everybody else right now. Anyways, uh, Olive loves to sing and hum and, and do all of that. And so she was, I think she was trying to sing this song and I could hear her as she's like playing with math tiles. And she was saying, come old faithful. <laughs> and I think, cause I don't know That's why. That's a good version. Wasn't it so cute? And I was just, it made me think of our trip to Yellowstone and seeing Old Faithful, which the kids still bring up that story of being able to see it, you know, shoot out and everything. But she thinks the lyrics are, come Old Faithful. Does she let you, <laughs> does she let you correct her? In the, like what the correct lyrics are? I didn't. It was too cute. I was just laughing oh, about it. Yeah. She, I, she loves to sing. Yeah. And she makes up her own songs. Mm -hmm. she, she's like more interested in making up her own songs than she is learning real songs, which is great because she's probably going to be a songwriter or something. Yeah, it was really cute. I tried recording it and then I got caught and she didn't like that very much. She said I had to ask her if I was going to record her. You know, it's funny. Speaking about that, I kids, our kids are like that from like day one. Like Edith, all of our kids. Oh, we try and record something they're and they like just stop. They're like saying their first words and I'm, I'm sneaking <laughs> the, the phone up so she doesn't see it. And then she like looks right over at me at the phone and she knows I'm recording and she just won't do it. She just yeah. sits there and then like tries to smack the phone out of my hand. Yeah. It's like our kids know. We don't want to be they on do. social media. <laughs> even though we, I don't, wasn't, ever, we don't ever post these but things. But yeah, it wasn't even for social media. I was just doing it because it was so cute. I thought yeah. one day I'll show, show you know, her future husband yeah. or someone this. But it's so funny. It's all right. I'll get it one day. And you, you know what? Jesus is our old faithful anyway. That's so true. Like, I should tell her that. Yeah, it's an accurate... <laughs> 
portrayal of the When song. I do correct her, I will be sure to add that in. Hey, we just, we love that you're all here. We're excited to be talking about this topic today. Before we move on to the topic, uh, I'd like to invite you, if you haven't yet, um, to leave us a review today or a, a star rating. Uh, you could choose whatever st- amount of stars you want to give us. I often prefer five stars, but that's okay. If you want to do something less, that's fine. But we would love to invite you to give us a, a star rating and a review. Um, those are awesome. It helps people find the podcast. It also helps people know what people think of the podcast. Um, and so uh, with that being said, I'd love to read one of the reviews that someone uh, left us. Uh, and it goes like this. Oh, oh sorry, before I read this. Remember how when we first launched this season, we talked about the new podcast, the new song we have, the intro oh, song. Yeah. Uh, what's funny is this person <laughs> mentions it. Okay. We talked about how um, catchy it is. He says, this podcast has been amazing and highly influential in both my wife and my walk in honoring God with our marriage. Each episode has brought food for thought and encouragement to surrender our pride and give glory to God with our words, actions, and thought life. There is humor as well, well as well as which is a plus because some topics can be challenging and and a laugh here and there helps lighten hearts while not talking, taking away from the lessons learned or to be learned. Okay. If you read this much, please help me out. I've been looking for this song. Can't be bothered. And only Miranda Lambert's song. I can't be bothered is coming up. I'm on the edge of going crazy. Who is the artist of this song? He keeps whistling it inside of his head. It won't stop. <laughs> so it worked. <laughs> and that's M Matthews five, one, three, one, seven that wrote that review. Um, and what's funny is it's not actually a song that's on any like, uh, album, I think it's from this like uh, stock music site. <laughs> so, so how does he find it? Um, they can go to artlist.com and look for Can't Be Bothered. Okay, hopefully he finds it. Yeah, <laughs> but that's it's funny because the song is really catchy. So, I didn't know you were going to share this, um, this review that someone left, and I was just thinking, I'm really encouraged to hear that he says that we, you know, spread in a laugh here and there mm-hmm. and that it lightens the topic that we're talking about which is good because the topics can be challenging. And I always wondered how people viewed that because I get really insecure or like, I think, are they going to think that I'm taking this too lightly if I laugh right here? They're not taking this serious enough. No, but like I never want to offend anyone that I'm not taking it more seriously than I should, especially depending on what we're talking about. So this is encouraging. Thanks for sharing it. All right. So today we're (laughs) talking. All right, so today we're... <laughs> I was going to say, I think you just need a drum roll. Hold on. <laughs> okay. So today we're talking about uh, six things to build a strong marriage. What? We haven't done a list post, a list podcast in a long time. Yeah. That I know of. I think we I have. don't know. Maybe we have. I feel like we have. That's <laughs> <laughs> possible. We like our lists. Uh, but this is a good one. It's a good reminder. We all need reminders and we all need encouragement and we all need... Um, just a little uh, pep talk sometimes because we're all building well, something pretty amazing. We do. Here. Well, we do <laughs> we specifically. Do. Yeah. Uh, so that's what we're going to talk about today is this idea of building a strong marriage and just some of the aspects that we can focus on um, to do that. Cool. So we're going to take it way back to a few years ago. I guess that's not like way back. It's just, almost been six years bit. now. Oh, yeah. Almost. No. Yeah. In April four. will be. No, not four. Well, I was pregnant with Wyatt. And he just turned four. 2016? Five years. Five years. In April. Yeah. So we'll we're both fun. right. Because I said four, he said six. So we're like right in the middle. Perfect. <laughs> Guys, this is where we're starting off on building a strong marriage here. <clears throat> Communication is one of the topics. <laughs> so we uh, bought our first home. We had been married for nine years and we found this old and decrepit, falling apart home. It had been abandoned for like three years. And there's a big sticker in the window saying, you know, going to be online auction in a couple days. And it just really, it was like a glowing opportunity for us and our family. Although we didn't know if we could actually pull off the remodel. (laughs) It was pretty bad. It was bad. But uh, this is the house we're currently living in. And uh, it felt really good to have a home that was ours, even though I mean, from day one, it was it was work. We had to put the work in to build it, to make mm-hmm. it even something that we could move into because, do you remember, the electricity and everything was Yeah, the, the wiring had to be pretty much redone in the entire house. The plumbing had to be pretty much redone. And um, then as we started taking stuff off, like the roof, we'll talk about, we found more. <laughs> so we're going to start here. Yeah, every Band-Aid we pulled off, there was another Band-Aid <laughs> that needed to be pulled off. Uh, but it was, uh, it was awesome. One of the first things I remember about doing this project uh, and there was a lot that went into this, but this 
most memorable moment was when we started ripping off the old roof because you can, when we looked at the roof, you could just, the, the tiles were old. We need to replace it. And we're like, okay, we'll just scrape the tiles off and we'll put new tiles up. Wasn't there like a layer? Like I remember looking at the edge where the gutter was and there was like a layer of well different it, decades of tile. Yeah, there was like three layers of tile. They didn't just, they never, whenever they did new tile, they just put it over the old, mm. uh, which is what a lot of people do. And so we're, we start pulling the tile off and we realize that all of the subfloor, all the wood, the subwood underneath the tile was like also plywood, bad. Yeah. Like we were like falling through the, the wood. So mm-hmm. we couldn't just tile right over it. So we're like, oh, okay, great. And so we start ripping all of the wood off. And when you say we, he's not talking about we. Because I was not Jennifer up there not up ripping there. anything off. No, I was there ripping. was people that helped. But the, one day I was up there by myself just like with a big old crowbar ripping up big old. <laughs> and what, what was hard was every time I tried ripping it up, all the wood would break. But where the nails were stayed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I had to like pry off just the little strip of wood that was on the tresses by itself every single time. Um, so we rip all that off and it was a lot of hard work. And so essentially for a while, all of the walls in the house were just open. There was no doors. There was no windows. It was just, you see through the whole house from the street. But I mean, we didn't start this in the middle of winter or anything. It, no, it was, was in the middle of summer. It was well, not middle of summer. Hot. It was end of spring, early summer because we closed in the end of March. So it April, was like ideal May, time June. to do it. Yeah. And it was, you know, really nice weather and it was perfect. So the whole house is open and now we rip the roof off and there's, you literally could see through the roof. You could see through the walls, like just nothing. It's just sticks standing up and we're, we're doing all this and we're at, we're at our, uh, our rental because we're, we're renting a house and it just starts pouring rain. We wake up in the morning. I'm like, Oh, it's raining. So I run, I rush over to the, the house knowing that it's all open and I'm like, oh gosh, this is not going to be good. And I walk in and, and I go through the, I, there's no door. So I just, I just walk in and right in the dining room kitchen area is just a waterfall of water just pouring into the house and flooding in the house. And I'm like, this is like our first house we're owning. All I'm thinking is cause all the wood floors in there, we're trying to keep original. And I'm like, oh my gosh, everything's ruined. And so I call Jennifer and I'm like, yep, there's a waterfall in the house and we're freaking out. I'm freaking out. Uh, my friend that's helped me uh, do it couldn't, wasn't available to come help. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. So I just run a Costco. I bought a bunch of big old towels, threw them on the ground. I run to Home Depot. I pick up a hundred foot tarp, which is a huge tarp, by the way. I've never held a hundred foot tarp until this time. And then I climbed up on the roof by myself. Jennifer was down watching me. I was me. there to cheer you on. Yeah. <laughs> But she I actually couldn't was get up really there. scared for you because of how windy it was. Like I remember your jacket blowing over and like you couldn't keep your footing. Yeah, and does anyone know what happens when you have a hundred foot tarp and wind? It turns into a <laughs> massive balloon. <laughs> yeah, it turns into a, a like a kite. A, yeah. And so I, this thing's flopping around. I, I use the wind to my advantage because I let it open up the tarp as much as possible, but without pulling me off the roof. The parts that were sagging down, I tried pulling over, but I like was pregnant and holding all of them my hips, so it was useless yeah. really. So we got this tarp pretty much to cover most of the roof of the house to keep the water out. It was like crazy, but we got it. And I got the <laughs> wood down. We put some um, dehumidifiers in the house all over the place. And it definitely wasn't as bad as it, I thought it was going to be, but man, that was f- frustrating, scary. I was cold and ho- it was hard and oh, that was a big deal. Yeah. And, and it's so far behind us, which is crazy. I know it is. I think in the midst of it, though, why it feels so frustrating is because you don't know the outcome. You don't know how is this gonna, how is this gonna damage the thing that we're working towards. Yeah, did know? it just ruin everything? What we kind of impact invested in? is it gonna have? So, uh, we're gonna sprinkle in these stories today, and I think it's good to relate it back uh, right away to marriage to try and get this idea of mm-hmm. what we're talking about when we talk about building a strong marriage. Um, so. So like our marriage, when we realize, you know, what it is, the value of marriage and how much it is, how much it's worth when Mm. those hard times come. I mean, we're called to endure, we're called to persevere, but that doesn't mean we're not going to be frustrated or scared or fearful of the Mm -hmm. unknown impacts of the choices that we make or the circumstances that come against us. Right. Mm -hmm. That's kind of like one of the things we want to share here. Yeah. And then in the like manner, being vigilant to do what it takes Mm -hmm. to mitigate Mm -hmm. and to take care of that issue so that it doesn't cause further damage. Mm -hmm. 
which is kind of like getting the tarp and do getting the towels and like, yeah, hey, let's fix this yeah. together. And even if the circumstance or the thing that you're facing seems impossible or even impossible for you as a couple and as a team to work together on, we still need to do what we can to make it work. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what I felt like seeing you up there on the roof and about to be blown off. <laughs> I'm like, I just got to grab this end of the tarp and like act like yeah, I'm helping. cold and like, <laughs> This and frustrated, but we're going to do this and like, yeah. we got to get it done. And we did. And we were able to protect a lot of the house during that time. And it, thank goodness it was only one like day and night of that kind of rain. We were able to fix the mm-hmm. roof and, and finish what needed to be done in order to close everything up and protect what was on the inside. Uh, because from the elements to equate it to marriage, there's, it's something that we've, we're investing in. It's a valuable mm-hmm. thing. It's not just an asset. It's, it's the, one of the most valuable things we have in our life is our marriages and we have to build them strong, which is what we're talking about today Mm -hmm. and take care of them and protect them and, and be aware of the dangers of the weather, of the things from within all those things that we, you know, we're going to bring up some of it today, but that's kind of what we're talking about is we had, we bought this house and it was something that needed to be built and taken care of and protected. Um, and we, and we did so and now we get to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Another thing I'd like to say is you, as you're telling that story, you know, you said your, your friend who's helping us couldn't make it at that time in that moment to help you with the tarp and, and that's okay. And that happens. And I just want to add that we can't rely on others to do the hard work of marriage. Like we can't, like having friends, having family, even having pastors and therapists and people who are, play really important roles in our lives. That's and great. Yeah. And that's so good and, and, and impactful. But ultimately, it requires the husband and wife to put the work in to build that strong marriage. Yeah, it's good because no one else can build that marriage for right. us. Uh, they can definitely help. But they can participate. But when it comes to it, like we're the ones that are going to protect it. Yeah. We're the ones that seize the value, right? Yeah, and we're the ones that have to make the, the choices. The choice to do it, yeah. To do it. It's good. Another story about our house, which all of this builds into this idea of building a strong marriage. Um is something that we wrote about in our book, Marriage After God. And it's about uh, a foundational thing that we had to do. We, we added a, an addition to the front of our house so that our living room would be bigger. And so we had to do a new footing, a new foundation for that area that we're adding on. And so we had a foundation company come out and they framed it out and they poured the concrete and they did this whole thing. And just getting to that point, sorry to cut you off, right. but just getting to that point took so long because we had to wait on permits and the, uh, you know, waiting on the people to come and do that kind of work. Yeah, and the so, schedule. Uh, yeah. The, the weather, everything had to be, it was Just all. right. Yeah, it took a while. And so they did it. They pulled the forms off and we go over it and we inspect. And uh, and my friend who's helped me do this said that it was fine. But when I look at it and I saw there was like holes in it and it looked crumbly and like there was crackly. like, cra- yeah, there yeah. was cracks in it and it just didn't look good. Didn't feel it didn't, perfect. It didn't feel <laughs> right for what I was, the money I was spending on it. And for when I'm thinking like, is this going to like last? 50 years? Is this going to last 20 years? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it, it wasn't quite done right. And so the company did come back. They ripped the whole thing out and they re-poured the whole thing. And then it looked perfect. Um, and the reason we did that is because I'm thinking long-term, I'm thinking, is this going to last a lifetime? Well, I remember you talking about the value we were putting into the rest of the house. And you're like, I don't want to be sitting in here, you know, 10, 15 years from now. And then fall through the front living room because the yeah. foundation wasn't done right. Yeah, or the front you know, corner of our house is sinking and we see Something. the cracks in the walls Yeah, because that foundation is important. If the foundation isn't firm, if it isn't strong, if it isn't, if it isn't structural, it's not going to hold mm-hmm. all the weight that's going to be put on it. Everything that you build on top of it's not going to be there. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things we're going to talk about today is our foundation. And we talk about that in our book, how important our foundation is to build a strong marriage because without the foundation, it doesn't matter what you put on top of it. It's going to fall apart. Mm-hmm. Or if it's slightly off kilter, it's the whole thing. You'll, it'll be noticeable. Yeah. Right. Especially as you build and build and build, like none of the lines are going to line up. The, <laughs> the walls aren't going to be straight. You run into more problems. <laughs> yeah. You run into more problems. <laughs> well, after all was said and done, we did move into the house and we started to enjoy this labor of love that we kind of, I don't know. It was an adventure for us, right? Yeah, yeah, but we still yeah, we enjoy it even to this day. 
And uh, what I loved was being able to make it our own, especially coming out of rentals, because you try and do what you can around rentals to make them feel like your own, but it's just not the same. Um, I don't know if other people have a hard time with that or not. Some people are some I've seen some people make rentals look like, you know, it's Mm -hmm. so them. Um, But just from what I experienced when we were able to move into this house and seeing all the white walls, it was like, oh, a clean, you know, canvas Mm -hmm. for us to be able to then yeah, and our landlords didn't like it when we knocked walls out and tried to make bigger rooms. They did not like that. Yeah, no. So um, <laughs> anyways, it was fun to be able to look at it and go, okay, so how do we express ourselves, you know? And I love that. And just being able to hang pictures on the wall, um, you know, this process didn't take one day. It didn't take two weeks. It was kind of something that we waited on and and did as we went. Mm-hmm. It's still not even finished. We're still always looking at different things, wanting to paint walls, wanting to redo rooms. Um, But it's been a fun process of making this house that we built into a home that we love and we live in, which again is another analogy for our marriage that we were once two individuals and that we've come together, we've, we've started something. And then there's this process, this lifetime process of what is our marriage? Yeah. It's kind of like the... The correlation here would be how do we express ourselves through marriage by the way we love each other, mm-hmm. the way we interact with each other, what we build mm-hmm. with each other, the work we do to, with each other, our family, our children, how we raise them, all of those things. Yeah. They have long lasting effects, but it's something that we could to do together, choose to walk in together, and we decide how we're going to do it. Yeah. Okay. So um, this would actually be fun to ask you what does this look like in our marriage? So how have you or I decorated our relationship? I know it sounds kind of cheesy, but why not? <laughs> Just say Really tapping into my uh, sensitive emotional <laughs> side here. <laughs> I have to dig deep for this. <laughs> um, I'll say this. We choose to be generous. And I think that's a mark of our marriage. It's true. That yeah. we know each other to be generous to one another, to our children and to others. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. We, that's something that is a mark of our, our marriage specifically that that's something that we, we strive for Mm -hmm. is how can our family be generous? Something I also think about is, um, going back to when I proposed to you saying that I wanted to, whatever we did, I wanted to do it for God and I want to do it together. That's true. And I believe that for the most part, we've done that. I was going to say our, our choices have been aligned with that sediment. Yeah. It was never, it wasn't perfect right away, but even what we get to do now was there was, a bunch of stepping stones leading to this mm-hmm. and they were very, in, some intentional, some serendipitous, but we, our, our heart was always in this direction of like, well, how are we going to do this together? Yeah. What does that look like? Um, and mm-hmm. so I think that's one way we've decorated our, the home of our marriage. <laughs> that was cool. I just wanted to see what you yeah. say. All right. Uh, so I have another story. Do you remember, uh, it was probably only a couple weeks after we moved in and you were a little particular about the floor because you spent some money re. Well, it's, it's the original floor and we had to get it like, like laced in wherever the walls went away. We had to get new wood put in and I just was really happy about it. We had this nice stain. <laughs> it turned out really nice. Yeah. Super nice polish. It was almost like so beautiful. You're like, well, I don't want to walk on it, you know? And then here we have these kids that are like trying to ride their tricycles all over it. Sorry. We love them and it's just. They're the best. Yeah. <laughs> so this, this though was, uh, it was, it was hard, but. Um, God the- <laughs> did invent humor. <laughs> God, it was God, God, humor was God's idea, right? So I have to just, I have to know that God loves to laugh. Yeah. He loves humor. He also loves to challenge us in our flesh. I don't say challenges, he gives us opportunities to grow. And yeah. this is an opportunity for this you. This was a great opportunity. <laughs> um, our daughter, Olive, who, you know, she was about a year and a half, uh, found like the brightest pink nail polish that hot, one could It's still own. her favorite color. Hot pink. hot pink, <laughs> bright, neon glowing pink. And she came running down the hall so excited and eager to to paint her nails and dropped it all over the hallway floor. <laughs> and all over. And that stuff dries really fast. I don't yeah. know why. By the time you got to it, it was like you wiped up maybe a dot of it, but the rest of it was kind of stuck. Yeah. And you were down there on your hands and knees with like Q-tips and nail polish remover and anything you could find. But then that actually did lift up some of the stain. And so there's a couple um, light spots that we don't talk about in the hallway. Now it's a memory. <laughs> Yeah. It, so what's my point with that? Hot and pink I, nail polish. And I wasn't frustrated or anything. I was so <laughs> calm. No, that was a little, I yeah, it was definitely a challenge you. for my flesh. I got to encourage you there. That was, it was an accident. 
And, uh, you know, it's fine. It's totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> now when I look at these things, I think it's funny. It's like part of our house. Like, oh, look at that. Oh, look at that. I remember that. <laughs> no, see that scratch? Uh, but, okay, so ev- my point is this. Even after building a home and making it what we want it, like, it's perfect, right? Um, Wrong. But I see what you're saying. <laughs> I get it. Like a marriage, having a great season or, or rhythm, you know, and then all, ex- all of a sudden you experience a really hard thing and it like bumps into it and you didn't expect it. You're like, what just happened? Or your flesh shows its face. And hey, like you know you, what? You, you bump into your sin with each other and then. It's going to happen. Yeah. It's it, going to happen. It should happen. If it's not happening, there's something I think wrong. Maybe we're not well, talking enough. <laughs> you know, life would be boring if everything was just super perfect, perfect and time. easy. Uh, but we have these opportunities, like I said, to grow from, to learn mm-hmm. from, to identify and see, okay, how's the Lord going to use this one? Uh, so we need to keep our eyes open and out for that. Well, and I think this is a good encouragement before we get into these six things that, I mean, we, we've thought this way, if only X, Y, Z changed or was different, man, we would just be good to go. Like life would be peachy. And I think there's this, there could be a, um, uh, life is better or greener on the other side type thing. Like w- once we get here, if this change happens or mm-hmm. if one, if we can have this or if we can attain this, everything will be good. But the point is, is the, as the Bible talks about everything's in, we have seasons, like we can have really good seasons and then there could be really hard seasons. Like sickness can come in. We get confronted with our sins. Uh, uh, uncontrollable events could happen. There's lots of things that can happen. So, if we get out of the mindset of one day we'll be there and we get into the mindset of right now we're here, what's the way to walk where we're at? Um, it changes everything. Mm-hmm. Perspective. Yep. It's good. Uh, another thing that I want to share is just that, um, why well, I love that the Lord has led us to share about our marriage and create this place to encourage other marriages. And we've had to work on our marriage and we're still working on our marriage. I don't Mm, want anyone to think that we have built this strong marriage and that it's always strong. Like we have to maintain it. We have to keep it guarded. We have to protect it. We have to, we go through struggles. We We, go through struggles. Um, that's a light way of saying it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, but today we wanted to remind you that much like building a home, marriage requires us to build and make it strong. So not a day goes by that Aaron, you and I don't have to put that work in. And those listening, not a day goes by that you don't get to put that work in. And some days it's like every minute it feels like we have to like focus on it. Yeah. And our, our foundation is not like a home. Our foundation is not concrete. Our foundation is the word of God. So Mm. that daily work has to be laid on the foundation of God's word. We have to be in his word. Which we'll talk about. It's so important. These six. I just wanted to start that up front because it's really important. Yeah. So here are six things to, to do to make your marriage strong. Right. Let's do it. Uh, number one, and most importantly, working on making your marriage Christ-centric. Keeping, Central. Keeping him in the middle, at, at the center. Yeah, and it's not just in the middle of your marriage, but he's, he's central to everything. Mm. Like what we do, how we talk, what we, how we think, how we raise our family, how we do church, mm-hmm. what, you know, all of it. He is central to all of it. It's not just like we have our marriage here. We have Christ over here. We have our parenting over here. We have our friends over here. We have our church over here. Got it. No, it's all centered on Christ. Uh, when you read that verse, 1 Corinthians three eleven, For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest for the day will disclose it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. And so this, this scripture is not specifically talking about marriage. This is talking about the work that Christ has done and that our walks in, in our Christianity. Mm-hmm. Like everything we do. Everything. But marriage is a part of that. Right? It's founded on Christ. Yeah. And so he's warning against what we, how we build on that foundation and that also there is no other foundation. Mm-hmm. Like he is the foundation and everything we do, our, our walk with him, our walking in the spirit, our building, uh, um, our building for him, our working for him, our marriages, mm-hmm. our raising of children is built upon him. And that's what this is talking about. Are you building with 
you know, things that are going to burn up and fall apart? Are you building with things that are precious and will only get made more pure? Mm. Um, and so starting there, this is the most important thing. It's central mm-hmm. <laughs> to our faith is building on top of Christ and our mm-hmm. faith in him and our salvation in him. So how do we do that? Well, the, that's a good question. Uh, first and foremost, we listen and obey what God has said through his son and his word. So Matthew 7, 24 through 27 says, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. This is exactly talking about the same thing. Mm-hmm. Who's the rock? Christ. Mm-hmm. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell. And great was its fall. And this is exactly this dichotomy of being a fool or a wise man and is based on whether we listen and do what God God says in his word. Be doers of the word, not just hearers. Or not. Yeah. And so if we think we can build our marriage on something else, if we think we can walk a certain way and put Christ in the background, great is that fall. Mm. That's coming. But if we listen and do what he says, and one of the things that, his word tells us to do is husbands love your wives as Christ loves the church wives submit to your husbands mm-hmm. as to Christ, as the church does to Christ. These things are, they're, they're there for a reason. So here's another one. Psalm 127 one says, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain, unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. So my question is, are we supposed to build or is the Lord? I think both. Mm. So we, we are, yes, we build our house because we're called to be obedient like we just read. Listen to his words, do what he says. But when you do that, think about what happens. When you're doing what he says, who's doing it? He's working through you. Well, it's his, it's his doing. It's his, yeah, it, it's so his when you will. walk in his spirit, when you listen to what he says. When you align your heart with his, you're actually carrying out his will. Right. And so gotcha. it's like, I, just a quick funny analogy. I think about Ikea furniture. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you get all the stuff and you have everything you need and they, they give you the tools, they give you the the hardware, they give you all the wood. But if you don't follow the instructions... You're not building nothing. <laughs> well, or it's like all backwards, you know? Yeah, you I, follow those instructions and you get <laughs> a chair that holds you up. I um, Speaking of, when we did move into the house, I was looking for a dresser. I think it was for one of the kids, like the boys' room. And I went on Facebook, you know, the marketplace, and <laughs> I went to go meet someone that was selling this dresser and it was an Ikea dresser and they lifted up their garage for me and I walk in and I remember this. Remember there was like these strange holes in the, in the front of the dresser. And I'm like, I just don't remember those being there like that. There's a couple of funky things about it. And then I told them, thank you. And I'll let them know if it fits the space. And then, um, I looked, when I got in the car, I looked it up online, that same dresser. And I'm like, I think they put it together wrong. Cause look, there's it no holes here. It's so backwards. So anyways, that was really funny. Yeah. So when we do it his way, it is him building it. Yeah. Right. But through us, because we're walking in his spirit. Uh, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Again, that goes back to you walk in what he says Mm -hmm. and it's going to produce good fruit. It's going to take you to where you need to go. And you guys might be wondering, what does that verse have to do with marriage? But that verse has everything to do with marriage because, well, from my own experience, it gets so easy to want to share with your spouse your understanding, what you think is right, your perception, how Mm. you view the perfect situation or thing that needs to be done. Why your spouse is wrong and you're right. (laughs) Why everything that, yeah. (laughs) But if you both trust in the Lord with all of your heart and you don't lean on your own understanding and you realize that you're one... And you acknowledge Christ and everything you okay, do. His, his way is just better. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, here's another one. Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Mm, that's the gospel right there. We are Christ's. So the, the Bible tells us, tells us that anything we do, we, we should do to his glory for mm-hmm. him. As we're as if we're working for him, that's our our marriage is invo- included in that. Mm-hmm. So, husbands, are you walking with your wives, loving your wives, building up your wives as unto the Lord <laughs> for Him? Are you realizing that you've been crucified with Christ, and it's no longer you who live, but Christ who lives in you? 
those things matter when we put our minds on that. It actually changes the atmosphere completely. It changes when we have an argument and we realize, oh my goodness, I'm being a fool. Mm -hmm. And I'm not, I'm walking in that dead guy, not in the new guy. Mm -hmm. uh, so we need to keep Christ at the center as our foundation. So we just, uh, we got to make sure that we're keeping Christ, that he is our center, that he is our foundation, and that there is no other foundation mm -hmm. uh, in our marriage. So real quick, just... I think that everybody understands the idea of oneness and how in marriage a husband and wife are one and that's beautiful, but we still operate individually. Like you can't mm -hmm. force me what I'm going to do. I don't force you what you're going to do. Our days are set up a little bit differently and then there's times that we come together. So could you just speak to the individual? How do they prioritize and keep Christ at the center of their life? What choices are they making to do this? Yeah, we as individuals, we need to be, we need to realize that we have our, our, our faith in Christ, mm -hmm. that he loves us as individuals, that he, that we are to seek him, his face and be in the word of God and be praying for ourselves, for our family, for our children, and have that attitude that Christ is our everything. Mm -hmm. And that shapes how we respond to our spouses, mm -hmm. how we deal with our children, how we make choices in life, yeah. all of those things that matter. And what's awesome is Christ isn't divided. His, if my wife has the Holy Spirit and I have the Holy Spirit, and even though we may be individually pursuing Christ, it's going to cause us to pursue him together. Yeah. And it's going to cause us to be more in one mind, right? Because mm -hmm. it's one spirit that we're walking in. Mm -hmm. That's good. Um, would you take a moment to speak to the couple who, who might be listening, who, who may tend to rely on their spouse for spiritual um, connectedness to God? So like, I guess my point is, let's say you're good at doing this, keeping Christ at the center of, of mm. your daily life. I know that you're in the word. I know that you're praying for me and for our family. And I, I just have been relying on you to do that. And so I feel connected to God, but I'm actually not walking the way that I should be. Speak to that person. Uh, I think you, if if you're letting your spouse, I, when you say this, I think more of a, a husband mm -hmm. who's being passive, lets his wife mm -hmm. take the kids to church, lets his wife read the Bible to the kids and is not interested necessarily in... Might even be present for it, but not speaking up or... Yeah, not yeah. engaging, not having their own personal pursuit of God. Yeah. I would say that needs to change yeah. for your own sake. And it's a, it's hugely important. Is that word hugely again? It's massively important for your family, mm -hmm. but it's, it's more, more important for you as an individual. Yeah. That Christ loves you and wants, has a relationship for you in him and wants to know you and wants you to know him. Yeah. And today we're talking about building a strong marriage, not a not an okay one, not a, a mediocre one, marriage. A, yeah. a strong, powerful marriage. You both individually need to be chasing boldly after God yeah. and, and then coming together to, voice, yeah. to do that as one. Um, another scripture that we wanted to share was Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. So who's doing the strengthening? Christ. Mm. Yeah. Christ strengthens me. And uh, what's interesting about that verse, um, oftentimes we like to use that verse in a way of like, oh, I can do anything. But it's in context to living in, through certain kinds of situations. Different seasons. Different seasons. Yeah. Um, suffering, poverty, wealth, uh, yeah. all of these things, these different life stages, these different things that we could experience. Mm. Tying our tarp up on the We roof. can do all things <laughs> through Christ who strengthens me. Yeah. So dealing with the, the things of life, it doesn't necessarily mean like, oh, I can do whatever I want. Right. Because Christ is going to strengthen me to do it. It specifically talks about the, the hard, normal hard things of life. Endurance. Yeah, enduring. Yeah. Very cool. Okay, well, that was number one. I know we kind of spent we some time We only have five there. more. <laughs> the second one is, we've already mentioned it several times, mm -hmm. and it's so important, but it's read the Bible. and this The Word of God. This is foundational to having a strong, powerful marriage. Why? Yeah. And th this is a, a, this is a, a hard thing. Is many Christians in, the, in, the, in this world, mainly in the United States, don't actually read the word enough. Um, I, I don't remember the exact stat, but there, like very few people have ever read the whole Bible, like very mm -hmm. small percentage of, of people who claim to be Christians. And what's crazy about that is we, we claim to say we believe something like the word of God, because when we say we, we believe in Jesus and we believe in God, like as a Christian, what we're saying is we believe what the Bible says about Jesus and God. 
But if we've never read the whole thing, what are we actually believing? Hmm. Like, do you know what you believe? And I just want to challenge you as a believer. If you have not read through the whole Bible, this isn't a law thing. This isn't a working for your salvation thing. This is an encouragement as a brother to a brother or a sister to a sister. Read the Bible. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Read the whole thing front to back so that you know what you believe. You know what you're having faith in. Um, And so building a strong marriage or building a strong faith alone, you got to read the word of God. Read it with each other. Read it alone. Read it with your children. Make it a, a normal facet of your life that the word of God is read out loud and in private always. A few episodes ago, we talked about delighting in the Lord and delighting in each other. And it makes me think of reading through the Bible and, you know, how some people, depending on the size of their Bible, might feel like that's too daunting or that Mm -hmm. feels like a lot or I don't understand. But if we take it from an approach of delight in the Lord in this way, get to know him, you know, through Mm -hmm. his word, it's not daunting. It's not overwhelming. It's just an experience. Yeah. So I have this, I read this book a while back just about different translations and and how they are translated. Um, But the author said this thing that really changed the way I look at the Bible because we can look at the Bible and be like, Oh, there's stuff that I don't understand or, you know, how am I supposed to study it? And I'm not, I don't know how to study the Bible. And we look at it as this, as like homework. But he said, have you ever just read the Bible to enjoy reading it? Cause he, he's a, he's a literary major. He's a teacher of literature and so he loves literature. And, he, and so he's, he encouraged the reader to read the Bible and just enjoy reading it. There's time to study, and that's good. It needs to happen. But just reading it. Reading straight through and, and, and enjoying the language, enjoying the flow, enjoying the, the storyline, and enjoying it like you would a good book. I thought that was just a good encouragement. So good. That's awesome. Deuteronomy 6, 7 says, You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. So what are we teaching them? Yeah, this is specifically talking about God's laws, his precepts. Mm -hmm. And it's this encouragement to the fathers and saying, make this a every day, every moment of your day habit that your children would know my words, would know my commands. Joshua 1 8 says the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it for then you will make your ways then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success who doesn't want to be prosperous and have good success right right? and he's saying the way you do this is put my law in in your mouth Mm -hmm. meditate on it and this word meditate is to chew like you repeat it and you remember it and you sing it and you hum it and you think about it and you over and over and over again. So I think we're mostly familiar with Ephesians 6 uh, about the armor of God, but it talks about the word of God and the sword of the spirit. And uh, that's how we wage, wage war, right? Yeah. Uh, exactly. When we, when we think about defending our home, defending our minds, defending our hearts, defending our wives. Defending against what? Uh, the enemy, yeah. his schemes that that we have a we have an enemy. His name's the devil, and he's he hates us as believers. So we can't wield that sword. We can't use it correctly if we don't know it. And so we have to pick it up, and practice it, and read it, and know it. Okay, so why be in the Word every day? Well, uh, Hebrews four twelve says, "For the Word of God is living and active. It's a it's a living." being. It's an entity. It, it's not a stale book that only m- makes sense in the past. It makes sense every day. Uh, it's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. The Bible knows us. It's, it's God's word and God knows us. And so when we read it, whatever we think about ourselves, we'll either align with it or can contradict it. Mm. And so when we read it, we say, oh, my life doesn't line up with that. Oh, I'm wrong. <laughs> so we, we look at it and it reflects us and it shows a true reflection of who we are. And so the more we read it, the more we see who we are, who God's made us to be, what we believe, what we have faith in, and it, and it changes us. The word of God changes us. There's also been so many times where a certain part of scripture that I read that day speaks to a specific cir- circumstance or thing that I'm you know, struggling with or facing in that moment. And I... I'm not going to say that it's just a coincidence that those things line up like that. I believe that God knows exactly how his word's going to speak to us and that he leads us to those things um, by his spirit, by his spirit to be reminded of them and to flip to them and read them or 
just he's just a good father and he wants to use his word to encourage us and I think that you guys listening may have had experiences like that before and I just wanted to encourage you you know that's part of why we read the Bible every day is because it's relevant it's mm, good um, I just want to read one, one more scripture. Um, I just thought it was a powerful image of this idea. In Ezekiel, actually, there's a few more scriptures. They all go together. Ezekiel 3.3, 3, uh, when Ezekiel's, an angel visits Ezekiel to give him this prophecy, to give him this vision. And he says, and he said to me, son of man, Ezekiel 3.3, 3, feed your belly with this scroll that I give you and fill your stomach with it. Then I ate it and it was in my mouth as sweet as honey. And I just thought that was beautiful because it's a picture of he's given this scroll that's written on the front and the back and he tells him to eat it. And it's this picture of the word. Like, and he eats this scroll, which is a funny statement, but it's kind of what we're supposed to do. In John 6, 35, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. Isn't Jesus sweet to our taste? Mm-hmm. Like, we, like he is a sweet aroma of salvation, of life. And then John 1, 1 through 2, says this about Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In the beginning was, in the beginning, or he was in the beginning with God. And then down in verse 14, it says, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So Jesus is the bread of life. Mm -hmm. His Word is him. (laughs) So when we consume his Word, when when we eat the bread of life, when we eat the Word, it's sweet. And it, and it changes us and it fills us. Taking on this idea of, of eating and, and hunger, you know, some people fast, like Aaron, you intermittent fast. So your morning you go without food, but there always comes a point in the day where you're like so hungry. Famished. Yeah, yeah, you're so hungry. And then you carry so on with eat eating. a huge burrito like I did today. <laughs> and then there's some people that fast, you know, maybe a few days, but then there comes a point where they know they need to eat. But spiritually, I think... I, I don't think people are thinking this way, but we're, when you're not in the word every day, you're fasting from it and you can only go so long you until you need yeah. it. You need that nutrients. You need the bread of life yeah. to sustain you. Otherwise you're not being sustained, right? That's exactly right. I was just right. kind of flip-flopping that in my mind, but anyways. So eat the, eat the word. Eat it. Because. Number three, humility. So someone once said to me, you can't fight with a humble person. Honestly, it makes me more mad (laughs) because like I I start to internally (laughs) wrestle because I'm not getting the same response to justify why I'm upset. (laughs) Like it doesn't work. But it's true. If there's two people that, you know, like the whole saying, it takes two to tango. If one's not going to tango, there is no tango happening. And so humility, which is, uh, it's a mark of a Christian like we're to be human, we're to, I was going to say humiliated, but we're to be humble. Yeah. In marriage, without humility, you'd have two prideful people and that doesn't work. I was going to say, if you want to see your foundation in marriage start to crack, all it takes is a little unrepentant pride. <laughs> and you, and you got it. <laughs> and, and so that's a just, a, the best tactic for any fight is, um, is to be humble. Real quick, going back to this idea, I get these pictures in my head and then I can't not share them. So imagine your spouse just staring at you, wondering why you're hammering up the floorboards or the concrete patio. Right. Because one's humble and you're, and you're like, no, you're I'm going to rip it up. Yeah. I'm going to rip it up. And you're just staring at them like, what are you doing? Why are right. you doing this right now? Yeah. <laughs> Knowing that you're going to have to fix and repair it later. Uh, anyways, that's just like a heart check, mm-hmm. a visual for us to uh, pay attention to. In marriage. That's, that was a good one. <laughs> and referring back to number one, which is Christ-centric, humility is an example we're given in Christ. Yep. And he's who we follow. So mm-hmm. if we're Christ-centric, we're going to say, man, like Christ was meek. Mm. He was gentle. He was humble. Psalm 25, 9 says, he leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble his way. And that's what we want. We want to be led in the right path. This strong marriage we're trying to build, it's taking us somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, James 4, 1 through 2 says, what causes quarrels and what causes fights among you? I have, this is the answer to why this is going back to the word of God is sharper than any two edged sword. Mm -hmm. It discerns the hearts of men. This is why we fight. Every single fight you ever have with your spouse is this. Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? Duh. (laughs) Seriously. You desire and do not have. So you, this word murder, Jesus said, if you hate your brother, you've committed murder in your heart. Mm. So if you fight and quarrel because your passions are waging war within you, I'm not getting what I want from my wife. I'm angry. She hurt my feelings. She's not doing this. She's not doing that. That's, those are passions. There's something within me, in me I'm not getting. 
And then it says in verse two, you desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. And it goes into this <laughs> Sounds idea like of how we Sounds like the key is um, communication. Communication, <laughs> yeah, it's true. So uh, humility. Yeah. Put, put down those passions. Put them aside. Put the interests of others above, above you. yourself. Oh, mm. it's starting to make sense. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> number four. All right, number four is uh, intimacy. We've got to have intimacy if we're going to have a strong marriage. Yeah. And but not I, just... Good. I was just going to say not just physical, although that's really important. Um, connection and love come through being intimate physically, mm-hmm. emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. Yeah, we don't want dry, cold, relate, you know, marriages. As believers, we, we should have go the most the, warm. We want to go to those vulnerable places with each other and talk about the things that are on our hearts mm-hmm. and minds. But I want to emphasize, um, all the men are like, come on, do it. Um, I want to <laughs> emphasize the the physical intimacy aspect um, because it truly affects marriages so much. Yeah. Like so many different areas yeah. of marriage, yeah. Uh, and the reason I say this is because the Bible talks less about like it, it, it tells husbands to not be harsh with their wives. So that goes into this idea of a gentleness, a mm-hmm. compassion with our with our wives. Mm-hmm. So that that intimacy matters. But it talks in a heavy-handed way about physical intimacy mm-hmm. because there's an there's an importance to it. And in so Song of Solomon, the Bible doesn't shy away from this. Song of Solomon or, or Song of Songs, and one two it says, "Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth, for your love is better than wine." This book is a, is prophetic and literal. It was a it's a love poem between a bride and a groom. It, there's a whole book in the Bible dedicated to this, this idea of this this romance, this this physical attraction, this this seeing and desiring the beauty. Lots of imagery. Lots of imagery. <laughs> yeah, um, and that's important. First Corinthians seven three through five. Yeah, this is another good one. The husband should fulfill his marital duty to his wife and likewise the wife to her husband. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband. Likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife. Do not deprive each other except by mutual consent and for a time so you may devote yourselves to prayer. Then come together again so that Satan will not tempt you through your lack of self-control. This is a, a powerful verse, and I know some people have abused this verse, but if you look at it in the context of two people who love Christ, you see it's saying that your unity, remember, you are not your own person. Mm-hmm. I don't get to say like, oh no, it's my body, don't touch me. No, it's your body. You, this is your body, which also it's means- like a gift to one another. I can't just do with my body what I want. Mm. I have a wife who gets a say in what my body does. Um, and so- if the men are listening, this is important that you don't get to just do whatever you want with your own body. You have a wife that you that is one with you and that you need to honor with your body mm-hmm. and vice versa, that your wife's body is not her own, it's yours. So all the more why we need to protect, as the Bible says, keeping the marriage bed pure, we protect that sexual intimacy with each other in such a mighty way and then right here it says, do not deprive each other. Sex should never be a tool to get back at your spouse or to withhold it from them. Or it, if you're struggling with something, and this is something that I've had to learn in our marriage, when you're struggling with something that affects you wanting to be physically intimate. Mm-hmm, which happens. I, I, I struggle to communicate that. And so then there's this, like it, the Bible says, except by mutual consent, and that's the part that I've missed is coming to you and communicating to you what's going mm-hmm. on. You know, and then it says, except by mutual consent for a time, so not permanently, mm-hmm. and that time is something that needs to be discussed. Yeah. Like, okay, when what's a appropriate time? We need to make let's take this break for this reason, for this reason, for this reason, and then it says, so you may devote yourselves to prayer. Mm-hmm. So if you are going to take that time apart physically, there better be prayer. Mm-hmm. And then it says to come back together. This sexual intimacy, this is one of the ways that the enemy, and that's why it warns even that Satan won't tempt you. This is one of the major ways that the enemy is destroying Christian marriages yeah. is this way right here. And as I always say that your spouse is the only option you have. There is no other option. And so you need to keep that keep that in mind and be aware of that, that this is one of the ways that you can be unified in a powerful way. And it's one way that you can powerfully protect mm-hmm. your marriage is having that communication, of course, 
that there's no, you don't demand stuff from each other that you walk with each other in this and you communicate about it, but it should be something that you both are on the same page with and, and you don't neglect it. It's good. All right. We're talking about the six things that we should be doing to build a strong marriage. And we are, uh, we have two more. So number five is learn to communicate well. Yeah, this is our the, the easiest one for us, for sure. It should say, always continuing and never ceasing to learn to communicate well. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we're, we're still learning how to communicate with each uh-huh. other. So many All, ways. Every day. I feel like we're generally good in the majority of, you know, marriage areas or mm-hmm. I don't know what to call them. All the categories. Uh, all the categories of yeah. marriage to, uh, topics that we could talk about. Uh, but I would say that our top two are intimacy, physical intimacy and uh, the way that we talk to each other, the way that we communicate. Yeah, are things that we need to definitely like work at. Well, we're always pray yeah, about having and... ourselves checked on. Yeah. I feel like, um, especially in communication, we can be um, abrasive or matter of fact and we lose that emotional connectivity. We lack compassion yeah. with each other at times. Um, um, like we think we can handle it, but then... So conversation after conversation after conversation, it accumulates. And then our hearts are like, wait a minute, this isn't working. <laughs> and one of us tends to bring it back to the table. Uh, but God's been really working on us in this area, I'd say, since the beginning of our marriage. And we're getting better. Yeah, he's been pruning us a, a ton in the way we talk uh, because it's an it's a witness. The way yeah. we communicate is not just a, it's a witness to the world, but it's a witness to our kids. And so I just we want to encourage you that learning to talk compassionately, patiently, uh, listen well. Those are we have to do it. Proverbs nineteen eleven says, "Good sense makes one slow to anger, and it is glory to overlook an offense." Um, I so I brought this verse up, um, Jennifer. I told you I was going to talk about this, but you didn't know what it was. Um, a friend encouraged me the other day because I asked for prayer. I said I'm not communicating well with my wife, and he said, "Hey, maybe um, he, it was something that him and his wife were practicing." He said. Next time when you're, when you're not in the heat of the moment, when you're in a calm time and there's no arguing, there's nothing going on, take your wife aside and say, hey, can we talk? And ask her, say, hey, can we work on overlooking things more? And I, was, I haven't talked to you about it yet, but I wanted to bring That's it up. That's good. Uh, it, it's, it's to our glory to overlook an offense. Mm-hmm. And think about how many arguments we've gotten in and we even say like, this is over nothing. Like, why are we like, cause we're like not communicating well and we get easily offended by a little thing. And, and if we overlook those little things, think like, Oh, well, they didn't mean that. That's not what they, they, yes, they said, and I, and that kind of pricks my heart, but that's not, I know that's not what they mean. We can overlook a lot of things that aren't going to turn into something bigger mm-hmm. and it'll probably bring way more peace in our, our conversation. Um, and I just thought that was a really great encouragement that he gave to me. And so I wanted to bring it up that it says good sense makes one slow to anger. And it is to his glory to overlook an offense. So I, th- I think it's something that all of us as believers can get better at overlooking okay. things. Remember at the beginning of this conversation, we were talking about building an actual home and then moving in and decorating it. Mm-hmm. I feel like this would fall into that category of like, you're going to hang that big, massive picture above the fireplace. It better be this. Like, you know, just uh, yeah. overlooking an oh, offense. It's like it's good. a centerpiece. It's a it's a statement. And it it probably bring a lot more beauty to the home mm-hmm. and not being so easily bothered, offended by the little things. Yeah. Now there's going to be big things that need to be talked about Sure. and real offenses that are like, Hey, that wasn't right. We need to work on that. But I would imagine most of the things are probably things we can overlook. So just an idea, something that I need to work on. Cause I, I, I get that way. I think like, why'd you do that? Or um, I'm now I'm rambling. Okay. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> All right. Uh, should I share this? Proverbs 18, 21. He's a good, yeah. Uh, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruits. I just mm. think that's such a good one to remember and, and, and how we talk to each other. And there's different kinds of fruits. There's life and death. Yeah. So are we producing life in our with our words or are we producing death with our yeah. words? And then Proverbs 15, 1, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. I think this one it's reminds me, me of... <laughs> no, this one reminds me of going back to humility and how that is our example. And that's what we're, we should be. Uh, a soft answer is based in humility, is motivated by humility, where a harsh word is more out of mm. just that personal self-preservation and anger. Mm-hmm. That, and that's, that's like my, it's gotta be my theme verse for my life. I get better <laughs> giving a soft answer because I, I often give harsh answers and I'm sorry for that. No, I, you're forgiven, but you're not always harsh. Okay. Number six, 
um, which goes along with what you just did to me, is love and forgive. <laughs> uh, they're kind of one and the same. Uh, Look at this strong marriage being built over here. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it, love is an obvious one, but we we and we just did a whole episode on this. You guys should go listen to that. So if you we're not going to go into all of those scriptures. Okay. Yeah, they should they should go listen to it. it was the it's the last episode, right? Love. Oh, yeah, loving well. Uh, but what we will share is First Peter four eight. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. This goes along with what I just read in Proverbs overlooking about offense, overlooking yeah. offenses as to one's glory. Uh, love does cover multitudes. Think about what Christ did. It covered all of my sin. And so the least I can do in my marriage is love my wife to a point where I can overlook the little things that I see. Yeah. You know? No, I think that's really good. I think it's good to be reminded too that we are fleshly b- beings in these imperfect bodies in need mm. of unconditional love yeah. from our Savior who gives it perfectly, but also from each other. And practicing it. Yeah. Like our Savior. Yeah. Christ-centric. Ah. Okay. <laughs> so that was, um, that was our six and we, we want to be builders, um, as couple, like we, we build in our marriage. We build strong, we build strong in Christ, not couples who tear down, but build. So I want to, we need to be, be willing to dive back into the process of remodeling it sometimes. Uh, if we need to fix the foundation, even like sometimes we need to dig in and be like, oh, hey, we need to go back 27 steps and start back right there and figure out what we did wrong and like move forward because we want to fix that. And then I want to add, you know, there might be times when you're building that you need to throw a big hundred foot tarp on the roof to try and protect what's going on because it's a mess. <laughs> That's but true. But <laughs> there's going to be other times where the weather's a little sunny and you just need to enjoy each other. You need to remember that you two oh, have like been that. through a lot and you should go enjoy. Lay in the hammock yourselves delight in each other yeah, and delight in each other, which we did an episode on that too. <laughs> so this is not about perfection because I know we can look at these and be like, Oh, I, I, I'm not falling through with all six of these. No, we don't. We're not, this is not for per- perfection. This is that we would have a heart posture of moving forward and building something great. Yeah. And, and that our eyes are like, Hey, what we've been building, not that great. Let's build something better and let's run to Christ. Let's look in his word and let's do that together. And in his power, in yeah, the Holy Spirit's power. Exactly. It's the only way we can do it, actually. Yeah. Uh, and our heart is grow and mature with our spouse. Uh, and we do this only in the power of the Holy Spirit, like you brought up. Yeah. Cool. All right. Hope that was encouraging to you guys. Uh, we are going to enter into one of my favorite parts of every episode this Gratefulness. season. <laughs> Gratefulness. So uh, our hope is just by sharing things that we're grateful for at the end of each episode, you're encouraged and it prompts you to consider something that you're super grateful for and then uh, share it with someone. It could be your spouse. You could share it with the Lord. You could share it with a friend or anyone else. <laughs> Let's spread some gratefulness. Aaron, you want to go? Yeah. I'm grateful for my parents who, by the way, are probably listening to this episode right now. <laughs> they always share our episode. And then they're going to share it to their Facebook and they're going to talk about <laughs> how much they love us. <laughs> they're really awesome. My mom and dad raised me to know God. They, uh, again, not perfect, but they loved God and they did their best to, to teach me who he was, teach me how to pray, teach me how to read the Bible, uh, and just taught me the gospel. And they showed their lives and they still love the Lord. And I just, I miss them actually. I want them to like move in with us. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, my parents, I'm grateful for them. That's awesome. I am also grateful for my parents and I don't feel like I can Copycat. move on without saying that um, <laughs> just because I am super grateful for my parents and that they also raised me to know God. Um, Would yeah. they move in too? What? Yeah, just have, one just big party. All of our family. Uh, but I also want to say that I am super grateful for flowers. I got to, uh, I was reading some science stuff to the kids and we're learning about botany this year. And, uh, this book was talking about how God didn't have to make all the shades and colors that he poured into flowers and how unique, you know, each one is. Mm. It's kind of like that idea that, um, he didn't have to make strawberries taste so good, which I, I don't remember where we got that from, but it was so cool. Uh, flowers are so beautiful and we're entering into this season where we're going to see them popping up. And I've been, uh, force growing some tulips in the kitchen window, which I'm so excited. They're about to burst and they're red. And anyways, I'm just blubbering, but I love Mm. and am grateful for the beauty of flowers. And it just shows God's character that he, he is creative. He is thoughtful. He cares about the detail. And I was telling the kids today that he's, it shows that he's patient because he's willing to wait all season until they bloom. So Mm. anyways, flowers. Good answers. (laughs) You had two, though. 
Yeah. You're only allowed to be grateful for one thing. <laughs> you guys can have two this week. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we always end in prayer. And so would you join us? Dear Lord, thank you for the gift of salvation. Thank you for the gift of your holy word. Thank you for showing us the way and helping us along. We pray we would be couples who choose to build up our marriages to be strong. We pray we would be fortified in any areas that are weak. If hard times come or storms rain down, we pray we would stand fast in faithfulness. We pray we would be secure and strong in a strong foundation in marriage, one that glorifies you. Please help us to be intentional in keeping Christ at the center of our lives, reading your word daily, walking humbly with each other, initiating intimacy and being good communicators. We pray we would love unconditionally and be quick to forgive one another. Please help us to build up and maintain our marriages so that we can be a help to others and magnify your name. May your will be done in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. We love you all and we thank you. We pray this encourages you. Um, as usual, you're our share warriors and you guys have been doing an awesome job. Would you share this episode with someone that needs it? Would you share this episode with a friend, with a family member, email it, text message, post it to your social media, however you uh, want to do that. It really helps and tons of people have been doing it. And it is such an encouragement and blessing when people do it. So uh, we love you and get that, uh, join that free challenge that we got, the Parenting Prayer Challenge. And uh, we'll see you next week. Do you desire to pray more for your spouse? Do you desire to pray more with your spouse? We understand that you may not know where to start, or maybe you feel uncomfortable praying, or maybe you don't know what to pray, or maybe you simply want to add something more to your current prayer life. This is why we wrote The Marriage Gift, 365 Prayers for Our Marriage. We desire that it would be used as a daily reminder and catalyst for you and your spouse to grow a dynamic and consistent prayer life together. This book is a compilation of 365 unique and powerful prayers that cover a range of diverse topics that every marriage deals with. You can read it alone, or ideally, you read it with your spouse. Also, we hope that the topics that are brought up in these prayers would become a starting point for deeper and more intimate conversations with your spouse and a desire to seek God on these matters together. Visit themarriagegift.com today and order your copy and give your marriage the greatest gift, powerful and meaningful prayer. Visit themarriagegift.com today.